Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because today is the first day of June exploitation. Happy June exploitation, everybody. It's Space Day, which means we're talking about the ultimate space movie, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I'm joined by this very special discussion by the man responsible for neon badges every Friday at F This Movie and, of course, his own podcast, The Cult Movies Podcast. Please welcome back to the show our very own Anthony King. Hey, Anthony. Hello, Patrick. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. I uh, I appreciate it. We did uh, a June exploitation show last year. We talked uh, slashers, right? We did. Yeah, we did. I, I know what you did last uh, summer. Yeah, and so uh, this is – I've said this. This is my favorite time of the year. I know most people dig uh, Scary Movie Month, uh, but June exploitation. This, this is my – this is this is my time to shine because these are the movies that I usually watch anyways, and, and uh, being able to follow a theme every day yeah. is a lot of fun. So I'm excited. I got, got my list ready to go because I'm such a list maker and a planner <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm ready to discover a bunch of gross trash this June. What are you, uh, what's on your list that you're most looking forward to watching? Oh, um, or a couple, you could throw out a couple times. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. June exploitation 2022. Okay. So I got Showgirls for a free space. I've never seen Showgirls. Okay. Really looking forward to that. Uh, and then the next day is prison, or is it prison? Or yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm finally gonna watch No Escape. Uh, R.I.P. Ray Liotta. R.I.P. Ray Liotta. But that's a movie that it came out when I was either in middle school or high school. I can't remember when it came out, but I'm super excited. I've always wanted to see it, and I never have. So I'm gonna watch that. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> For Canon Day, I'm gonna skip the action and I'm going Bolero. Oh, very uh, nice. To feel real, real gross watching uh, <laughs> John Derrick exploit the shit out of his wife. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I've never seen Bolero. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, well, <laughs> for speaking of uh, feel-good movie of the year, I'm gonna watch I Spit on Your Grave Oof. for the first time for revenge. Oh <laughs> for boy. Revenge. <laughs> But yeah, I'm you know a lot of what well, on the happier side. I'm I'm gonna watch House Party for the first time. I've never seen any of the House Party movies, so I'm gonna watch that. That's a fun this one. Month, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's mostly stuff that that I'll have to take a shower afterwards, watching, <laughs> so, which is the way I like it. That is June exploitation. <laughs> I don't have a list made, but I do have like discs that I'll kind of like set aside, like in a stack. Like, okay, I think I want to get to this. And for 90s Comedy Day, I do have another kid and play movie, which is Class Act, which oh, I've yeah. seen, but I haven't seen since probably, you know, whenever it came out, like 1992 or something. Right. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I have a spreadsheet that I keep. Um, th this is how meticulous and how, how much of a list maker I am. Uh, I have a spreadsheet that I keep for every month uh, that has what I'm going to watch. And, like you know writing something every week and then doing another show every week and you know sometimes being on other people's shows i have to try to keep straight what the hell i need to watch and when i need to watch it and so 
I started this spreadsheet and I just fill in even every day that I have open. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch. I haven't opened this Blu-ray yet, so I'm going to watch that. Or uh, So I have a spreadsheet that I keep anyways, which is because I'm a huge nerd. That <laughs> You're so much better organized than me. <laughs> well, uh, my wife doesn't so much love it, but that's the way I am. <laughs> she married me. Uh, how's everything going at Cult Movies Podcast? You guys just wrapped your second season, correct? Third season. Third season. We're, Jesus, where yeah, did it go? Yeah, we're through 60 movies. So oh my we gosh. are. We only have 40 movies left in the first book, which is, which is nice. Yeah, I'm done. I'm taking a couple months off to. Uh, uh, you know, watch a bunch of trashy movies for June, <laughs> and then uh, maybe I should probably watch all these Blu-rays that I have the plastic still on. Uh, so maybe that's what I'll do. In I think when we're going on vacation at the end of June, and when we get back, <clears throat> I think I'm going to go on a Marjo Gortner uh, marathon run, and I'm going to try to watch his filmography, which isn't extensive. No. Uh, but I'm going to watch a bunch of Marjo movies when we get back from Myrtle Beach. Okay. Why? Uh, i have nothing against marjo i like a lot of marjo gordner movies i just find it fascinating that he's the guy you picked well ever since so earlier this year i watched uh the documentary marjo have Hmm. you seen that so we own it digitally because like i bought it for like 99 cents on amazon one time when there was a sale but i have yet to watch it okay i highly recommend it it's super interesting and he is just like the coolest freaking guy but I watched that earlier this year and just like, I don't know, he's been living in my head and I, I've seen a handful of Marjo movies and like uh, <laughs> I recently talked about Bobby Joe and the Outlaw with him and, and uh, Linda Carter. She goes topless in that movie, which <laughs> the people I've talking to, they lost their minds. I was like, yeah, you got to watch it. Um, I love that movie. It's, it's super fun. Yeah. And like he's my God, he's so charming in everything. So. I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't watched Red Rider. I haven't watched, I don't know, there's a handful of his movies I haven't seen. So I think uh, I'll binge some Marjo in July. I like it. Yeah. Marjo, Marjolai. Marjolai. I'm trying to, oh, I like it. Yeah. I'm trying to make it work. It's a little sweaty, but listen. No, 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 no. That's July is sweaty and Marjo (laughs) is sweaty. It just, it it all works. (laughs) <laughs> um all right well uh anthony have you seen anything good lately well like i was telling you earlier uh i had to squeeze in some stuff this weekend because uh we, we were recording i was like oh my god i don't have anything to talk about so um anyone that reads my writing or uh listens to me talk knows that i mostly spend my time watching older movies 80s 70s 60s earlier um i i have seen two movies from this year jackass which i loved and then everything everywhere which i hated uh hated so, wow no kidding yeah uh, i think i think the uh this is gonna no nobody's going to agree with this but i think the idea of the multiverse is extremely uninteresting uh to me and I mean, it's, you know, so uninteresting, in fact, that we have two movies that came out almost at the same time yeah. talking about the same thing. So anyways, um, but there is one movie that is going to make my end of year discoveries list that I, I do for the site. 
And that is Lifeguard from 1976, starring Sam Elliott. Have you seen this, Patrick? I know of it, but I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, now, you know, if, if people don't want to watch it because of Sam Elliott, that's totally fine. But this is uh, the three movies I'm going to talk about are movies that totally work for June exploitation. So Lifeguard, I watched a couple weeks ago and uh, I had no idea what to expect. He is a 30 something lifeguard in Malibu. Uh, he's single and he just, you know, he sleeps around, but he's good at his job. He rescues people. He's not a bad dude at all. Um, but so it's Sam Elliott. Uh, Ann Archer is like his ex-girlfriend and they maybe start something up again. Uh, Parker Stevenson in one of his first movies is like the trainee lifeguard. And then Kathleen Quinlan, whom I love, uh, plays a, (laughs) no, this is the gross part, (laughs) plays a high school chick uh, that has just moved to the area and she's always on the beach. And (laughs) this 16-year-old and 30-something Sam Elliott sleep together. Oh, boy. And he knows that it's not a good thing, but of course she, you know, becomes obsessed with him and shows up when he, she shouldn't be showing up. And, uh, anyways, it's funny. It's charming. It's such a great summer movie because, you know, we're on the beach most of the time. So anyways, it's, uh, it's been on prime for, it seems like perpetually. So, uh, it's streaming on prime, which is, is nice. Uh, I love this movie. Like I said, it's going to end up on my end of year discoveries. It'll be in the top 10 somewhere. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what it was about it. I, I can see lots of people not liking this at all, but it is so much my jam. So, um, I just added then, it to my prime watch list. Okay. I, I know it's, it's there and we always talk about, you know, Oh, it's, it's streaming. And so that means I can get to it at another time, but I really, it, it works for June exploitation. So now's the perfect time yeah uh like maybe for sex comedy or you know one of the free space days uh this weekend i watched i've been going through uh bill landis's original sleazoid express scene Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm making a letterbox list of all the movies he mentions again i'm a list maker um and so slowly i've been kind of checking some of those movies out uh checking them off the list and i watched one this weekend it's called fight for your life from 1977 and it stars um william sanderson who uh i know as uh what's his name larry from newhart right you know my brother daryl my other brother daryl right um this is not a nice movie. This is one that you might want to <laughs> wash your ears out, take a shower <laughs> afterwards. Uh, he and a Hispanic guy and then uh, a, an Asian guy escape prison and they go around town. They're killing people, robbing places. And then so they it's sort of a home invasion movie. They come into this black family's house and hold them hostage and uh, lots and lots of uh, you know uncouth things happen and uncouth things are said but uh, this is who I am this is again my <laughs> my type of movie uh, it's really really good there's no blu-ray of it I, you might 
I think you can rent it, uh, but it's also on YouTube. But you didn't ah, hear that here. Got okay. it. It is uh, available you... to rent on Amazon in standard def. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Do that. <laughs> um, I recognize the poster art, but I've never seen it. So see, so do I, and I think I probably heard about it from Brian and Elric first. Okay. You know, years ago on Pure Cinema, um, because I recognized that poster. But then when I'm I'm going through the zine and I came across that title, I thought, oh my gosh, okay, I really need to to check this out. So, anyways, uh, again, it's you know really really nasty, very vulgar, but perfect for June exploitation. I don't know where it would land exactly. Maybe black exploitation, sure. a little bit of revenge in there. Uh, but you know, free space days, of course. And then one more I'm going to talk about. <laughs> this is. <laughs> That's another one. So I read Bill's, uh, Bill Landis's, we're on first name basis, by the way, he's dead, <laughs> but we're on first name basis, Bill, uh, Billy boy, uh, Bill Landis's book, Sleazeway to Express, a couple years ago. And so I first heard about Olga's Girls and all the Olga movies um, in that book. And then he, he writes about them, of course, in uh, in his newsletter. So I finally watched the first one. Well, they all kind of came out around the same time, but uh, Olga's Girls, I think, is the first one. You got, um, uh, oh, what else? There's Olga's House of Shame, and there's White Slaves of Chinatown. They're all basically the same movie, but um, they're all like silent movies. They're shot MOD, um, but there's narration. There's the lady who plays Olga doing the narrating, and then there's a, a guy doing a narrating and it, it has this feel of like those old propaganda movies like reefer madness or, yeah um sex madness whatever <laughs> the sex one is um but it so it has that feel and uh which is which makes it kind of fun but then it's it's the old movies basically kick off the roughy movement in the uh, mid 60s mm. so like you know uh russ meyer comes out with um in 65 he comes out with like motor psycho and uh faster pussycat kill kill those are sort of like roughy light uh olga these movies are they're they're pretty <laughs> again they're not for everybody uh but they're perfect june exploitation fodder again uh no I think you can buy a, a DVD of one of them, but uh, something weird put out like the trilogy a few years ago, but it's sold out. It's, I assume Agfa at some point will yeah. put out a Blu-ray of, of the three of them. Yeah. But uh, again, YouTube, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> um, you know, they're an hour long. Each of them are an hour long. Um, it's, you know, OG torture porn, SNM, sexploitation, it's not uh, the nudity. It's just breasts um, and a couple rear ends. Uh, rear end, my God. I turned 40 and I start talking like my grandpa. <laughs> just just a few fannies. No big deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it's... I, I like watching it uh, for, you know, historical aspects, I guess. Uh, and I can hear everybody out there going, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> historical aspects. Okay. 
Uh, but it is interesting to think like this sort of kicks off that roughy genre, which I'm not a huge fan of. Sure. But it's still, you know, I find it's it's interesting to me. Uh, but this is perfect. Any of the Olga movies, uh, perfect for Lethal Ladies. Or oh yeah, right. Revenge. That that first one uh, definitely has a a bunch of revenge in it. But uh, so there's three movies that you'll need to shower after watching. But they're again perfect. June exploitation fodder. Oh, very nice. Were you able to uh, partake in the vinegar syndrome sale at all this weekend? Uh, no, we <laughs> we had to. We had a, a couple big expenditures on, ah, yes. on our house yes. recently that have I've missed all the sales. Kino, <laughs> Arrow, I mean everything. I've missed it all. So Bobby goes, uh, what do you want for Father's Day? And I said, can you buy me just one Blu-ray? I just want <laughs> one. I don't care what it is. Just give me one disc. I just, I, I miss buying movies. So, uh, no. Did you? No, I didn't. I was, I mean, I've never seen Voyage of the Rock Aliens, uh, which I've heard a lot about. And I was curious about Red Surf because it's got Dee Dee Pfeiffer and Gene Simmons in it, but I didn't buy anything. Yeah, my thing with uh, Vinegar Syndrome is, and I mean, everybody says it, but we hard, you hardly ever know what you're getting. Right, exactly. And uh, I, don't, I don't like doing that. Uh, I usually buy... The Fun City stuff. My that's my new favorite Blu-ray label. All the Fun City stuff, and there's some stuff I haven't gotten from Fun City editions that are included in the sale. But you know, low. We don't have any money. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a couple things I can talk about. I've been dreading this part of the show because I have to talk about. A new movie that everyone is loving. And let me just say, I'm happy that everyone is loving it. It genuinely makes me smile to see so many people having such a great time at the movies this weekend. Um, Having said that, I am just kind of down the middle on Top Gun Maverick. Uh, which is, of course, the legacy sequel to Top Gun, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Um, Part of the thing is I'm not a huge Top Gun guy to begin with. I don't love that movie. We did a podcast many years ago on the original Top Gun. You can go back and listen to that to hear my thoughts on it. I don't think they've changed a whole lot. As much as I love Tony Scott, I do not love the original Top Gun. I'm kind of in the same boat on the new one. There's a lot of good stuff in it, a lot of good like aerial photography and action stuff, and Tom Cruise does some impressive things, and he gives a good performance. Um, and it is a totally like functional blockbuster, and I think people have become so starved for functional movies that there seems to be, at least to me, the response is like, oh, that feels like an overreaction. Um because I didn't love it as much as everybody else. Now that doesn't mean that everyone's overreacting. It just means they're loving it more than me. Uh, I miss functional movies, you know, but last night I was watching um, very much inspired by your 8 million ways to die column, Erica. And I finally watched Hal, the Hal Ashby documentary. Yeah. And he has a quote where he's like, why would I, go for down the middle with a movie and that bummed me out because it really made me feel like 
I mean, there's definitely some stuff in Top Gun Maverick where they're taking big swings when it comes to the action and stuff. But to me, the 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 screenplay is so thuddingly obvious in all of its dramatic beats and its characterization and its dialogue that it feels like down the middle. And and we don't get down the middle that often anymore, especially down the middle, like successful down the middle movies. I miss successful down the middle movies. So again, I'm happy to see people responding to this movie in that way, but it did sort of shine a light on, Oh, I'm not crazy about that movie. And, and I think this is why. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't watch new movies for no other reason than because I, I feel like I have lots of catching up to do. Sure. I think, I think that's why I watch older movies and honest to God, like, the only movie that has come out this year that I wanted to see was Jackass, and we went and saw it. And my Bobby wanted to see uh, that other one, which is why I went to see that one. But um, I, honestly, there's just nothing that really interests me like there has been in the past. And I don't know if that's, I mean, it's probably a me thing, you know? Sure. Um, and I, I know I, I, I come off sounding snobby because uh, people, you know, have <laughs> said things to me where it's like, uh, you only watch, you know, movies from the seventies or, and that's not true, but honest to God, there's just nothing that has come out, especially this year that I want to see plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll and, always, and oh, I, go I, ahead. I do. Sorry. I do love Top Gun, the original. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, I could watch that any time and it's probably a nostalgia thing because I grew up watching it and I learned how to tongue kiss because of of Kelly and Tom and that really sick scene of, <laughs> of watching their tongues like like play tag the silhouettes anyways uh, I I do love that movie but it, it also kind of blows my mind like when these movies come out 40 years later and they're like hey sequel like why (laughs) what is the point but again that's a me thing it's not anything other than that so if you love top gun i have every reason to believe you will enjoy top gun maverick because a it repeats a lot of the beats from top gun so it's like watching top gun again uh and b it there are areas in which i think it improves on top gun just because of technology um, sure. And what they're capable of doing, like I said, they they really take some big swings when it comes to the action stuff. Um, and it's got Jennifer Connelly, you know, and she has an Oscar, so she's earned the right to play. I don't know, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good for her. Right, it's uh, it's depressing, <laughs> but and she's good in the movie, and she looks beautiful, and like brings a lot of movie star charisma to the part, but when you get down to it, it's like, oh, she's girlfriend. Okay, cool. This right. is These are the parts that are available to women now. Uh, anyway, even worse than Top Gun Maverick is the new Firestarter, which I also oh. watched. <laughs> Wait, there's a, there's a new Firestarter? Yeah, they remade like a, like... Firestarter. What? Oh my god, yeah. okay. Okay. The only reason I watched it, it's playing in theaters, but it's also streaming on Peacock, which is the reason I watched it. Um, it's directed by someone named Keith Thomas, who I'm unfamiliar with. 
Uh, and oh, he made a movie called The Vigil that was decent a couple years ago. It was a horror movie about a an Orthodox Jewish family standing vigil over the body of somebody, and and that was good. So it surprises me to discover that he is the man responsible for this new fire starter. Uh, Zach Efron plays the Keith David part, or David Keith part, sorry. Um, can, can we get a fire starter with Keith David? I would be fine with that. <laughs> um, it's 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 bad in almost every conceivable way. Uh, and I say this as somebody who's a big fan of the original Firestarter, uh, directed by Mark L. Lester, who also directed Bobby Joe and the Outlaw. Uh, yes. He got a lot of love. I was recently on our friend Matt Bledsoe's podcast, Film Feast, which I think will be out by the time this comes out. And uh, we spent a lot of time talking about how much we love Mark L. Lester and Firestarter. But this new Firestarter is bad in almost every way. Uh, It's poorly written. It's not particularly well made. It's filled with computer-generated fire effects instead of real fire effects. Yeah, exactly. The one reason you would go see a new Firestarter is to see real shit on fire, and instead you just get CG fire. So So what we're saying here, folks, is watch Bobby Joe and the Outlaw. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, the the original Firestarter is also streaming on Peacock, and I watched it almost immediately afterwards just to get the taste out of my mouth. I was like, I want to watch the one I like, and I still love that movie. You know, speaking of playing catch-up, I've never seen the original Firestarter. It's a good one. I yeah, it, you know, it's one of those it's on the list yeah. eventually, you know, type yeah. of thing. And that and that's what I'm talking about. Like there's so many movies I want to see yeah. Yeah. rather than, you know, I'm going to watch the original Firestarter before I see Top Gun Maverick. So, you know, it's like that. Okay. Um the only other movie I would talk about, I guess I should go back to Hal because uh I I've been a big Hal Ashby fan for a long time, but I I never could quite codify like what makes a Hal Ashby movie. And so it was very rewarding to watch that documentary and sort of have it put into focus. Like, Oh, okay. When you see it all back to back, you kind of start to get a sense of, Oh, this is what interested him. And this is kind of what his movies are about. And this is the common thread that runs through them. I still haven't seen coming home. Um, and I haven't seen any of his 80s work with the exception of Eight Million Ways to Die, which I've seen a couple times and loved your series on, by the way. Thank Made you. me appreciate that movie even more. Um, he was just beloved and he was the best and he got fucked over a lot in his career. And it's a shame, especially in the 1980s. I mean, in the 70s, he, he fought a lot, but he usually won. And that's why we have this string of classic movies that he made. And then we get into the 80s and things kind of fell apart for him, which is not an uncommon tale, but uh, it's it's very much a documentary that's worth your time. Yes, I absolutely agree. And it, this was not to sound all, you know, cheesy or, or whatever, but when I finished writing, like when I put the final period on my 8 million ways to die piece, uh, I had tears in my eyes because it's such a sad fucking story. Yeah. It is so unfair. Yeah. What happened to him? And so it, that documentary is really, really great. I, I also highly recommend it. And it just shows 
how many people loved him and how much he was loved. Yeah. And, you know, when I think, was it uh, Nine Bullets just came out? I think that's an action movie that uh, action Twitter guys were talking about. And it's produced by Mark Damon. And I was like, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> he, he killed Hal Ashby. So, yeah, it's, you know, people talk about best runs in cinema. And I yeah. think Friedkin, you know, rightly so, has a good one with uh, French Connection, sor- or, uh, Exorcist, Sorcerer, right? But honest to God, Hal Ashby, from the start, The Landlord, uh, um, Harold and Maude, Last Detail, Shampoo, Bound for Glory, Coming Home, Being There. Wow. That is stupidly perfect. And, yeah. And Coming Home, Patrick, I, I watched that just a few months ago, and I was blown away in an incredible film. So I, I I say you jump on that one, too. Probably have to wait till after June exploitation. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it, it made me sad watching the documentary, not just because of what became of Hal Ashby's career and the fact that he passed away far too young, but like... I don't know. Movies used to be about something and yep. it doesn't feel like they are anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I mean, there are movies that are about stuff, you know, but the mainstream movies used to be about something. Sure. Uh, maybe that's the difference. And now you have to go kind of the indie route to see movies that are about things because most mainstream movies are just about escapism, which there is a place for. Absolutely. And I like escapism right. as much as anybody, but, uh, yeah, they're showing clips from The Last Detail, and I just was like, man, movies used to stand for something. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, let's talk about killer clowns from <laughs> outer space. Speaking of movies that are about something. Uh, from 1988, directed by Stephen Kyoto, written by the Kyoto Brothers, uh, starring Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, John Allen Nelson, and, of course, the great John Vernon, who gets to say the title of the movie in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting i was waiting for the uh the csi miami put on the sunglasses Heck and the, yeah. the who scream when he did that <laughs> i was like yes yes good for you you said it <laughs> back in 1988 i would have been 10 or 11 when this movie came out and it didn't get a super wide release so it didn't come out to the suburbs it was only playing in like the city of chicago and so I didn't get to see it until it was on cable, but I know I was dying to see it based on the commercials uh, and the trailers that I would see because I was just this little nerd who was obsessed with um, practical makeup effects and puppetry. And this movie seemed to combine both of those things just based on the design of the clowns. And, you know, I was a big fan of like old TV shows like banana splits and the great space coaster. Cause it would have like guys in suits and I'm a big guys in suits guy. And so I would see the trailers for killer clowns and it's like, Holy shit, guys in suits and big puppet clown suits. Um, and because I've always just been drawn to sort of, uh, you know, the B movie. And this is obviously sets, it cites on being a B movie. It doesn't get there by accident. It, it tries to achieve the heights of a B movie and to me succeeds. I think you have a different opinion. Uh, well, 
Patrick, what do <clears throat> let me ask you this? What do the films, um, Russ Myers, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, mm-hmm. um, Roger Corman's Little Shop of Horrors, and Brian De Palma's Greetings? What what do those three have in common? I've seen all three of them. Okay, <clears throat> the, those three are three movies that I have talked about on podcasts. I went into the podcasts borderline hating them, but came out of the podcast thinking I like them. And when I went back to rewatch them, I did like them. And that's my hope for Killer Clowns of Outer Space <laughs> in this podcast, because I, I still... I'm sorry, y'all, but I fucking hate this movie. <gasps> how can you hate this movie? I get not liking it, but how can you actively hate it? Well, uh, so here... Okay, here's the funny thing. Okay, uh, Killer Clowns, Microwave Massacre, Chopping Mall, Blood Diner... Uh, okay, whoa, 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 <laughs> Not cannot... Microwave Massacre, okay. Uh, even some of those other ones, I don't think it's totally fair to mention in the same sentence as Killer Clowns. But anyway, make the point you were making. But not Microwave uh, Massacre, that is not, not cool. Those are movies I cannot stand and will not watch again. Yet, I absolutely love all four Critters movies. Okay. How does that how does that make sense? I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me, uh, because the Critters movies are are also you know especially the later they get, extremely cheesy and broad. But I am all on board with like even Critters four, uh, but. I cannot get on board with killer clowns. Why? I don't huh. get it. Why is that? What is it that rubs you the wrong way? Do you think? It, it's too. It's too broad. Uh, although when I say that, my favorite characters in Killer Clowns. Oh, please are don't the, say it! Please don't say it. <laughs> are the te- the Terenzi brothers? The Terenzi brothers. I love the Terenzi brothers. I can't stand the Terenzi brothers. <laughs> I like this movie. Can't stand the Terenzis. You don't like it and love the Terenzis. Yeah. Okay. So what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um. You know, I don't. I don't know what it is about. It. Okay. So I had never even heard of this movie until I was in high school. And my friend Kevin worked at Blockbuster, and and when he like, you know, you guys always got your free rentals, right? Yeah. And his first day, he brought a home killer clowns and he's like you have to watch this this was the movie i grew up watching constantly you're gonna love it and you know i the whole time he was watching me watch the movie right and i was like what the fuck it this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen okay so fast forward like uh i don't know 15 to 20 years later i watch it again i'm like okay i everybody loves this movie so I watch it again, and I still didn't get it. So uh, I don't know, six or seven years later, today I sit down and I'm like, I'm gonna like Killer Clowns. You know, I, I feel like the last time I watched it, I was too far up my ass about movies, and you know, I was so <laughs> self-important. I, don't, I only watch cinema, um, and now I watch Olga's Girls and Fight for Your Life and Lifeguard. Uh, so anyway, I'm like, this is perfect. I like. You know, uh, I love B movies, you know, cheesy movies. And I love the Kyoto Brothers special effects work. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, And so I was primed. I was ready. I sat down and, you know, 
10 minutes in, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. no. Damn it. Why can't I like this movie? But I, I still say it's a really good movie to podcast about. There's so much to talk about. And the this is some of the best puppetry and makeup work you'll ever see in any movie. Yeah. The clowns are remarkable. It's incredible. Well, and I love, you know... Um... I watched it on cable a lot as a kid and, and didn't even necessarily form an opinion about it. I just was like, yeah, it's, 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 it's its own thing. It's a very singular movie, which I appreciate. So I would kind of keep it in its own category. Um, it wasn't really until I saw it screened theatrically, I don't know, five or six years ago at the music box as part of a 24 hour music box massacre or a sci-fi spectacular. I don't remember which one it was. And the Kyoto brothers were there, but I, I got to see it screened and it just played so well that it really made me appreciate how, and we talked about this a lot. Um, in October, we did a show on dead alive and I talked yeah. about how much I appreciate a movie that's very sort of gag driven and killer clowns is super gag driven. Like they sat down and said, okay, what's every single thing we can do that's clown related that we need to work into this movie. <laughs> and then they do it. And I see so many movies and I, I, I was trying so hard to think of examples and I can't come up with any. So I apologize, but like, I'm sure we all have those movies in our minds that are like, examples of movies that fail to deliver on their promise. And what I love about killer clowns from outer space is that it fucking over delivers on its <laughs> promise. It's like, this is a movie about killer clowns from outer space. Here's every clown joke we can think of. By the time they get to the clown car about two thirds of the way through the movie, I'm like, that's it. I think that's the last one. I think they got them all. <laughs> um, I just, I appreciate how much, care went into making this silly little movie. Um, I appreciate that it's fucking held together with like scotch tape. I mean, you could tell that this movie was made for nothing, but their inventiveness and their creativity and their sheer like uh, capabilities hold it together and make it into something that for me is very special. But again, I recognize that like, if it's just a tone that it strikes that you don't dig, like maybe you're never going to be on this wavelength, you know? You know, uh, you said this, this is a movie that over delivers what, what it promises. And uh, this is not a movie I want to watch. Like when I look at the, the poster and when I hear the title killer clowns from outer space, that does not sound like a movie I want to watch. And this is going to be like the last negative thing I say about it because I have, I have lots of good notes and it's, it's as I'm looking through my notes, I'm questioning myself. Do I like this movie? Because <laughs> I, I have a full fucking page of good things to say about it. And granted I was, I was actively looking for good things to say because I didn't want to come on for an hour and shit all over a movie that everybody, but <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know, there are good things. And the funny thing is, uh, I had just talked to Mike White from the projection booth about I Married a Monster from Outer Space, which is a body snatching movie 
that's what Killer Clowns is. I love body snatching movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't I like this? And they they wrap them up in cotton candy here, and and hanging up to dry or or whatever they're doing in right. there, they look like singular testicles. Why wouldn't I like that? <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love testicles, Patrick. Sure, no, I I get it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, body snatching, I love those types of movies. And this is, uh, the Kyoto Brothers put so much care, and they, you could tell, and I remember listening to a postmortem where Mick was talking to him, uh, how much these guys love that, you know, those those 50s sci-fi monster yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, the stuff that Sven Gulli plays every Saturday night, right? Right, right, right. And... And I I also love those movies, but I cannot tell you why. There's just something about Killer Clowns that I, I don't like. Um, and we even get a kick-ass original theme song from the Dickies to open up the movie. Yeah. Like, th- that song fucking rules. Yeah. So, it's so weird. I'm, obviously, by the time we're done recording, I'm going to love Killer Clowns. <laughs> so, let's, let's keep this rolling. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> I do love that song by the Dickies. I love the whole score uh, by, I want to say it's John Massari who did the Masari, score. Massari, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like his whole score. I think it's really memorable. And I just, I find it all to be very much of a piece. I think the performances, with the exception of the fucking Terenzi brothers, are <laughs> like pretty sincere and straightforward even though everybody knows they're in a silly movie they're not mugging or winking for the camera and the thing about the Terenzi brothers is i get why they're there i think they're the kyoto brothers oh i when i was watching i had to open up my imdb because i thought for sure that's got to be two of the brothers yeah well i mean i don't it's not actually them but i think it's i I thought it was oh okay but obviously the Terenzi brothers are the stand-ins for the actual Kyoto brothers. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's hard for me to hate on them too much, but like maybe it's just the performances of those two actors who I'm sure are very nice guys. But like that to me is where that broadness comes in. Whereas everybody else I feel like is playing it pretty straightforward. Um, and again, it helps to have fairly experienced actors like Suzanne Snyder and Grant Kramer, like, doing this kind of material, you know, um, Grant Kramer as Mike tobacco. <laughs> I did not know his last name was tobacco until I saw the end credits. I was like, what a weird choice to make his last name tobacco. <laughs> Mike tobacco. And like, that's, I am a sucker for great character names and Mike tobacco is a fucking awesome character name. <laughs> What's going on by the way, at the end of this movie, like, Mike and Debbie and Dave are all going to fuck, right? Oh, okay. So I have, let me read you my my <laughs> note here. Second to last note I have, it says, do you think Dave and Mike and Debbie end up as a thruple? Yes. <laughs> Which yeah, is something I kind of like about the movie. Like it resolves the romantic triangle by just being like, eh, fuck it. They're all together. <laughs> yeah. They're obviously going to fuck. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking for, oh, where's it at? Okay. So last summer. For my 5282, I wrote about, do you remember the Peter Gallagher, Daryl Dar- yeah, movie, Summer Lovers? Yes, going to Greece, about, baby. Yeah, about the thruple. And I could not help. The credits rolling killer clowns. And I'm like, 
oh my god this is fucking summer lovers they're gonna they're gonna steal away to uh to greece yeah. after after this uh chaotic event and uh yeah all three of them good for them you know right why not that's that was my feeling. I, I was like, <laughs> it was so refreshing to see Mike and Dave just like hugging at the end, just like we're not fighting over Debbie. We're just happy to have survived together. And maybe we're going to kiss. And, and, you know, honest to God, as silly as it sounds, don't you think that would be your real feelings? Like, holy shit, we survived we're going to hug and we're going to be friendly together. And of course, you know, if, yeah. if I touch your pee pee, then it happens. Whatever. It's cool, man. <laughs> right. Just, just, just unzip your pants. It's fine. <laughs> we're all covered in whipped cream. They're just bodies. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the very last shot is the three of them getting like a fucking bukkake. It's like, <laughs> it's like, could it be any more obvious? These three are, into some weird sex stuff together so yeah good for good for them it's gonna happen <laughs> mike tobacco <laughs> <laughs> mike tobacco <laughs> it's just bizarre okay so i want to talk about john vernon for a second here yeah john vernon obviously we love john vernon he's great charlie varick he's amazing in that uh dean Wormer in animal house animal house right yeah yeah uh he's great okay um also, did you know John John Vernon, born Adolphus Raimondus Vernon Agapsowitz? Huh. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a name. So he, yeah, so he's like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. I better better shorten that up. A <laughs> I'm going to go from Adolphus Raimondus to John. I'll be John <laughs> Tobacco. <laughs> okay, so he's obviously great at playing you know, the dick. Right, right, right. Uh, do you think he was a dick in real life? Because I don't want to think that, but he's really convincing. He is really convincing. I think he got way too much work to actually be a dick. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah, I think if he was as big a dick as he is in the movies, I don't see people wanting to work with him work as with much him. as they oh, did. sure. Yeah. True. Yeah, good. Yeah, because, gosh, he plays those characters. So, you know, he's in Charlie Varick. That's my favorite role of his. He sure. is so scary in that movie. Yeah. Um, and he is, like, I fucking hate him in this movie. <laughs> he is the worst. And and I, I always go back to the first time I saw Gladiator. I hated um, Joaquin Phoenix. That was sure. the first time I ever saw Joaquin Phoenix. And, like, I walked out of the theater hating the person of Joaquin Phoenix. And then I realized, holy shit, that just means it's a great performance. Um, obviously that's what, uh, uh, the, uh, Oh, what the fuck do you call that? The, the acting where you method acting method. Yeah. That's yeah. method acting people. Come on. Right. No. Um, and so I, I hated John Vernon in this movie. And that means he's giving a great ass performance. He is so good in this. He is. He he lends the movie a little bit of gravitas, uh, but again, seems in on the joke, you know? Yeah, he's all for it, right, yeah. Uh, no, he's he's great. If anything, he's kind of um, dispatched a little too early. I could have used more of him in it. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the way he is dispatched is 
that's the one creepy moment of this movie when he's playing the the ventriloquist dummy. Right. That is really scary. That's a very scary moment. And that's the one time we see him smile in this movie. And and it's not that kind of evil John Vernon smile that he always does. Uh, you know, where his you know, he's he's got a furrowed brow and he's still smiling. Like his his eyebrows were raised, he had the makeup on, and he was actually smiling. And maybe that's why I was like, oh, God, it's so scary. <laughs> we never see John Vernon like that. Something's clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then the clown pulls his hand out of his, his brain, his brain stem. Uh, yeah, that was, you know, I agree. You know, I could have used more John Vernon in this, uh, although the way he is killed is fantastic. And it may just have been a function of scheduling even. Maybe they only had him for two days, you know? A couple days, yeah. Yeah. I like that, you know, this is kind of a, a gateway... I think it's a good gateway horror movie because there is enough that's, like, kind of creepy. The clowns themselves are a little bit unsettling. There are a few moments, like the John Vernon one that you mentioned, the f bloody face and the cotton candy cocoon. You know, there's a, a handful of things that are maybe a little intense for young kids, but like every year we do a scary movie night here uh, around Halloween. And a couple of years ago, I know this was our, I try to do like one kid friendly pick and this was our pick a couple of years ago and it played really well with the kids. So let's see, Charlie was probably would have been around Eben's age now and Rosie probably, no, she's, she would she's have been Eben's age now. Six or seven probably. Okay. So probably yeah. not Rowan. Yeah. I, I don't know if Rowan's ready for this. He can hardly sit still through any freaking movie anyways. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's four. Um, but I think Eben would totally be into killer clowns Yeah, uh, from outer space because it, it is, it, it's a great gateway horror there's no you know other than i do like it when john vernon says fuck like <laughs> it, it just it it lands harder just hearing him say it for some reason um and then i don't know can you see through that 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 uh woman's blouse or knife down on the i wasn't I'm looking sure but you weren't looking well I was like, you see those no. <laughs> that's such a weird beat too she seems like a contest winner where she just <laughs> opens the door they go pizza and she's just like the, her delivery on pizza is so dead-eyed uh she's like maybe she was just a friend of the kyotos and they're just like here put this on and answer the door uh okay so can we talk about the non-reactions and how complacent and happy people are to see these terrifying, <laughs> terrifying clowns. Seven Nobody foot tall. I know, I know. But yeah, it becomes yeah. it becomes funny after a while. It becomes like the joke in Mars Attacks where just like everyone keeps trying to speak to them peacefully <laughs> only to be obliterated into skeletons. Like once you get to the people at the bus stop with the shadow puppets, it's like they deserve what they get because everyone has just been excited to see these clowns. Yeah, like man, that old lady at the bus stop. I, you know, I was screaming in my head. Are you stupid? Look how scary this <laughs> fucking clown is. Um, you know, I I think Royal Dano gets like the people in this movie is like, how the why are you in this movie? But Royal Dano at the as the farmer at the very beginning, he's the first one that gets killed. Yeah, Farmer uh, Gene you know, they, Green. <laughs> is that is that what it's it his is? name? Farmer Gene Green. <laughs> 
<laughs> not good for Farmer Green. Uh, <laughs> they they take the dog, and we assume they have to kill the dog, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they dispatch him, and he's excused because he's the first one. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. But then everybody else, like even that little girl in the room. Oh, where she's like waving to them? And she's like, I was like, yeah, go. Come on, take the kid. Get the kid. Get the kid. And then the mom stops it from happening. Uh, But I'm just like, everybody, can you not see how scary these freaking things are? I never wanted to watch this when I was younger because... Uh, I was always so terrified of clowns. I don't have that fear anymore. Okay. Um, and so maybe I had seen, you know, the box cover for it. It's like, oh, no, I can't watch that. <laughs> push it out of my brain until I'm in high school. Um, I don't know if that has something to do with it. Because uh, I like clowns. You know, I'm I'm, I'm down with the clown. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, and it's not the clown thing because these clowns, one are super scary looking but they're awesome to look at they're huge yeah they're they're very uh you know pardon the expression out of this world looking and the makeup the puppetry is so cool and it's super fun to watch yeah um yeah i i I just don't get it uh by the time we get to like Clownzilla at the end, I so appreciate again a movie that is able to top itself. And Dead Alive does the exact same thing, not to go back to Dead Alive, but it's like, well, we have had all these crazy gags this entire movie. How do we how do we one up ourselves? I know, giant monster, you know, and this movie does the exact same thing. Uh, but it works uh, because it's it's now giving you something you haven't seen yet. There's another one, Dead Alive. I love that movie. Yeah. It's it's almost the same. As, <laughs> I mean, it, it, like, it would make a great double feature, wouldn't it, with Killer Clowns? Sure. Uh, wh- why don't I like Killer Clowns? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Here, here's, a, here's a question for you. Um, <laughs> who would you rather buy ice cream fun? Oh. The Terenzi Brothers or Big Worm from Friday? <laughs> oh, boy. I guess the Terenzi brothers. The Terenzi brothers might uh, say some really gross things to you, but Big right. Worm would probably kill you. Right, exactly. I don't feel so, like my life is threatened by the Terenzi brothers. I'll just be annoyed. Yeah, the Terenzi brothers would offer you a lick-a-stick while <laughs> yeah, thrusting right. in the air. <laughs> That's <laughs> unnecessary, entr- guys. We get it. <laughs> we <laughs> got the entrance- double entendre. Is Leia? He comes out and like he's got three of them. I only wrote down lick a stick, but because uh, I was like, oh, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> but also, you guys fucking rule. Like their entrance is just so over the top, and you know they come up to Lover's Lane, and and one of them jumps out and he's humping the air. And he's like, you want to try the lick it, the lick it stick? And oh, yeah, like everybody. Well, and and, and then Dean Kramer. Dean Kramer, uh, Mike Tobacco. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, those guys are my friends, <laughs> right? His reaction is like, those guys are the best. Anytime I want to go out and have a laugh, I go out with them. I'm like, I am staying as far away from them as possible. <laughs> They're trying to date rape these two girls by giving them free ice cream. <laughs> oh God. And then the one girl comes out and like just casually deep throating a popsicle. Oh, like, oh. <laughs> She's like. Uh, I didn't know we were coming up here. 
Like puts the whole fucking thing in her mouth. Come on, lady. Uh, but I, the Trenzies, man, I I like them. I think they're super funny. I don't find them annoying at all, which again is weird. It is weird because they are they, definitely they are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're super annoying. Uh, like when they fall into the the ball pit. Yeah. Towards the end there, and you got the Raggedy Ann and Andy right, clowns, right, right, which right. are probably the scariest clowns in my opinion. Uh, and one of them goes, "Are you Debbie's roommates?" Uh, <laughs> shit, right? I mean, they're not. <laughs> they're from Earth. Like, what kind of question is that? We don't have to make them that stupid. <laughs> I do like that gag though, where it's like, "Stay with us. We're right behind you," and then they just immediately fall through the floor before they're even out the door it's cool because i was watching when um when what's it kramer what's his name grant kramer grant he turns around to look for them and you can see him trying not to fall into the (laughs) the slide or the or the hole that's there right the platform they're standing on i thought that was kind of funny and this is one of those now the budget is you know, I don't know, a couple million dollars probably. It's listed as 1.8. Okay, so that's that's a pretty high budget for, you know, a, a B-horror picture in 1988. Um, but, shit, I can't remember where the hell I was going with this. Oh, I, I, I talk about this constantly, but um, filmmakers that go out and make a movie with whatever resources they have. I always use Larry Fezenden as my as my go-to for that. The man can hardly ever get any money, but he goes out and makes great fucking movies. I love all of his movies. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. And, and so you, you kind of have that feeling with the Kyoto Brothers here. Granted, they have $1.8 million, probably a little less. Um, but they're out there making... Like, these, these guys are some of the most creative guys when you listen to the interview with mick it's super interesting they're very entertaining uh but these guys that that work in this field in hollywood their brains just work differently and so you have special effects guys making the movie and so it's fun to see them put all of their what resources they have most of their resources into these clowns, mm-hmm. uh, the, the their spaceship, uh, you can tell that's where the budget went because that's what these guys wanted to showcase. And so that is something that I really do love about Killer Clowns from Outer Space is that these guys went out to make this movie and they had this vision, and I mean they they fucking did it, and you know they got a they got a nice chunk of money to work with to be able to do it, and so it's really cool to kind of see their wacky ass vision come to life and you know they make what they want to make so good for them yeah absolutely um i love when like special effects people get to direct uh and they do so much direction as it is just when they're working effects you know whether it's planning the effects or once they're on set sort of helping with second unit stuff or whatever so a lot of effects people have have a uh, experience directing, but I'm fascinated when they get to like step up and really call the shots and, and execute a vision. Um, and this I think is one of the better examples of that because there's such a clear voice. Like 
when Tom Savini makes his Night of the Living Dead, there's very little about that that I can look at and say like, oh, I get what Tom Savini was going for right. outside of remaking Night of the Living Dead. And again, part of that is because a lot of his stuff, I think, got cut um, for the rating. Uh, at least that's what I've heard in the years since that movie has come out. But like this comes out and you know exactly. I mean, I remember them introducing this at the music box and it's like, oh, of course they're the guys that made killer clowns from outer space because <laughs> it's such an extension of who they are as guys. I mean, they're, they are the Terenzi brothers. They're just like yeah. these goofy guys uh, who are so they're impossible to dislike. Like they're so likable. Um, because they're so enthusiastic and they love what they do so much. And that just comes through in every frame of this movie. I, I agree. And, you know, I, I think it's cool how the, this, <laughs> the spaceship, uh, quote, spaceship circus tent thing, uh, looks like it's the original set from Critters four after they repurpose it for the spaceship and Critters four, uh, like there's a lot of similarities. I don't know why I love Critters Four so much. I do, but uh, I don't either. I don't. I don't remember Critters Four that well. That's the one in space, right? Yeah, one in space with Brad Dourif and Angela Bassett. I kind of remember <laughs> it, but not very well. But yeah, it's you know, it's uh, it's the Critters version of Alien, basically. Right. But, right. Um, but as I was watching Killer Clouds today, watching when Debbie. And Mike are walking through the tent for the first time. I'm like, oh, my God, I I can almost guarantee this is the Critters 4 spaceship. They're going to they're going to reuse this set in four years for, for Critters 4. <laughs> <laughs> it's astounding to me. And I know they've been, you know, trying to raise the funds to do a sequel uh, to Killer Clowns from Outer Space for years. If you go to their IMDb page, it's listed as announced return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, but it is genuinely astounding to me that they never directed another movie. They've continued to work, obviously, and do right. effects on tons of movies and puppets on tons of movies. Um, but they've never, to me, this is like an amazing demo reel to get them to make another movie. And they never have. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder if I'm sure there's stories on that arrow disc that came out last year, but, um, yeah, I, I wonder why they haven't. And that's another. Now, I'm not the person that would want this, anyways, because I'm not a fan of Killer Clowns. But you know, <laughs> this this long after the original for a sequel, let's use those resources for something else. And my other thought was when I saw that they're trying to get a sequel going, is are we going to CGI the fuck out of it? Or are right, you guys going right. to do practical stuff? Because right. I, you know, I understand which is cheaper. Um, so yeah, you know, but you're the Kyoto brothers, like go out and, and make your thing. You know, the other thing I, I do really like about killer clowns is it's got that sort of, um, uh, haunted house, fun house feel, uh, there is a line early in the movie. Oh, it's when they're walking, when they first go into the spaceship. And one of them, Debbie or Mike, says, uh, this is not the fun house. And I was thinking, you're goddamn right it's not the fun house. <laughs> the fun house is a masterpiece. Um, and I think we can all agree on that fact. Yes. Uh, 
but it does have you know i was thinking of beck and woods um or what is it haunt right i i dug haunt now that, that came out a couple years ago sort of that extreme haunt movie when that was a big thing um uh and then there was another one that came out the same year or another year the next year uh about those extreme haunts but it kind of has that feel and i like i do like those movies okay um again it's just another question in my head like why don't you like killer cons and i and what i always do when i come into these podcasts to talk about movies that i didn't like i will rewatch this soon like within the next couple weeks because i and i'll approach it with with because i've never other than my friend kevin i've never really talked about killer clowns with with anyone else uh, other than you know kevin doing the chris farley show thing like oh (laughs) it's so cool isn't that awesome it's so awesome uh so uh, it's helpful to be able to talk uh, in depth to someone who's you know a cheerleader for the movie uh, yeah, it's not, and it's not even a movie that I feel necessarily passionate about. Honestly, like I would never account it among my favorite movies or even my favorite movies of 1988. You know, but I so appreciate that it is its own thing, um, and that it goes really hard, like in terms of being its own thing, and and that uh, and that they, the Kyoto Brothers, really like put it all up on screen. Yeah. Uh, my other question, my, my last question I had about the movie was, <clears throat> I think it's interesting. Nobody is reluctant or scared to just reach their hand into the cotton candy web <laughs> shit. Uh, like it's, you know, to me, it looks like it's fiberglass insulation. Right. I'm not about to grab that with my bare hands. No. Everybody's just like, Eh, okay, just willy nilly stick their hand in there. <laughs> do you, you know? <laughs> Hello, why would you ever do that? Oh, it's a horror movie. People do <laughs> stupid shit all the time. JB always points out like people poking the blob with a stick. You know, it's the same thing. It's uh, I I appreciate how stupid so much of the stuff in the movie is again, and I think it's intentionally so. Just like. Right shooting the popcorn or whatever and the fact that she says why popcorn well because they're clowns like, <laughs> see that's hysterical to me that's like it's something so stu- like that's not a clever line it's no it's and to me that's fucking hysterical and, and also that that costume design there it's so funny it's like perfectly lined up popcorn like rhinestones on their back of their jeans <laughs> and it, it, go back and rewatch it, and it's like oh my god somebody went and like you know, bedazzled popcorn on the back of these people's clothes, just in a straight line right, down. Right. <laughs> uh, the knock your block off scene is a classic. Yeah. What are you going to do? Knock my block <laughs> off? Yeah, that is not my favorite. <laughs> it's again, it's tremendously stupid. But the first time you see it, you don't necessarily expect a, a beheading in Killer Clowns from Outer Space because there's nothing that's been like gory like that yet. You know, true. Very true. So there is some shock value there. But now, yeah, you're expecting... And so now it's just like, oh, okay, you kind of roll your eyes, especially at the... how how sweaty the setup is, you know? (laughs) Well, and uh, the fact that there are only three cops in this town, at the end of the movie there are two. (laughs) They got the chief, who isn't working on the weekend. 
Right. Because one of them says, well, we'll have to talk when the chief gets in on Monday. <laughs> so, well, okay, so now there's only one cop working uh, this weekend. I, I think that's uh, that's a little uh, sus, as Charlie would say. That's right. <laughs> Charlie would sus. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, when, when when the clown comes into the police station and, and Vernon's in there, <laughs> and he goes, well, whoopty goddamn to do. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with John Vernon in this movie is is gold. And he's in, you know, the first half. Right. So I love half this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I. I I I don't begrudge you your dislike of this movie. I'm just trying to understand where it comes from. Yeah, that I don't know. And then okay. and then the the fact that the Terenzis are my favorite part. <laughs> uh, the Terenzis and then John Vernon. John Vernon, uh, I get the Terenzis. I'm just I can't get on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, like and there's that there's this part I can't remember. I just watched a few hours ago, but. Uh, where they're getting back in their ice cream truck and they say, well, what are we waiting for? And they're tickling each other's nipples. Right? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just like uh, Mike here, like, I love those guys. I get a laugh with them whenever I'm with them. I think I the Terenzis are, are really stupid and they're weird and they're very funny, and they remind me. This is probably how I used to be. God, I hope I'm. Still, I hope I'm not like that. Still, I have to ask my wife <laughs> as I'm tickling her nipples. Oh, what are we waiting for? <laughs> Just give her all the free ice cream she wants. <laughs> Wanna lick a stick? <laughs> uh, anything else about this masterpiece that you want to bring up? No, but I. I'm going to like this movie. I promise. I'm going to like this movie when I rewatch it. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> like I said, it really was that one screening uh, where I got to see how well all the gags played and just how this movie played with a crowd that didn't turn me around on it, but it made me appreciate the artistry of it in a way that I hadn't before. Cause I just kind of took it for granted as this goofy movie. Like it might as well have been the garbage pail kids movie. You know, I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's this one weird anomaly. Um, featuring, you know, freaky human puppets. Uh, but uh, it's obviously a much better movie than the Garbage Pail Kids movie. I need to do a, a Neon Badges style deep dive on this uh, because on every movie that I've done for Neon Badges, I end up absolutely loving that movie by the time I get out of it. So I think that's what I have to do. I have to put in the work. All right. All right. Killer clowns. There are and... 80s cops in this. True. Yeah, that's true. John, John Vernon, uh, obviously, he hates gays in this movie. Right. Those, God, that's one thing. I'm like, Jesus, you are vile. Yeah. You're just the worst. Yeah. Every yeah, once in a while, yeah, you're just reminded of like, oh right, the eighties. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. But, uh, but the Terenzis, man, they they steal the movie. <laughs> we can all agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well that's gonna be it for killer clowns from outer space but uh oh the officer the the, the actor that played officer dave the same year took over the role of death stalker oh. 
Oh my god. And I think the Ugh. fourth Deathstalker movie. Oh god. <laughs> I I watched the first Deathstalker for a for a June exploitation 2 or 3 years ago. And oh my god. That was just the worst piece of shit. I'll watch Killer Clowns a million times before I watch another Deathstalker movie. The second uh, all right. I say this is somebody who likes Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The second Deathstalker is a lot of fun. I have no use for the first or the third or the fourth, but the second one is a Jim Wynorski joint, uh, who I don't normally get into, but uh, it's pretty fun. Is that, uh, that's not the, um, does she pour something on herself? Not that I can remember. No. Okay. When we're done recording, we're going to have to figure out what I'm talking about here. Okay. You'll, you'll know, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right, we'll see. All right, anyway. Um, uh, where can people find more of your stuff, Anthony? Uh, every Friday, F this movie. Uh, this month, I'm just I'm just doing, I'm taking neon badges off for a month, and I'm going to do some recommendations. Yes. Some listicles for uh, whatever happens on Friday. So it'll be Kung Fu this week. I'm going to have five Kung Fu movies to recommend. And I know Mark, Mark Ahn is the Kung Fu guy. Um, but this was, this was fun for me because, uh, I'm not that well versed in Kung Fu in this past week. I just watched a shitload of Kung Fu movies and now I, I adore that genre. So anyways, um, and then I'm on Twitter at AK Donnelly. All right. And cult movies podcast. Cult movies podcast. We'll be back. Oh, I got another, another one coming out, uh, right after this episode drops. Okay. It'll be out Sunday. Yep. Yeah, okay. that'll be the last one for the season, but that's at uh, Cult Movies Pod on Twitter as well. All right, awesome. And uh, as always, you can find us uh, find us at fthismovie.com. We're on Twitter at fthismovie, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and you can email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Happy June exploitation, everyone. And thanks again, Anthony. Thanks, Patrick. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.